Hello, everybody. Today, we are doing a studio hangout for artists. If you would like to grow as an artist and you can't afford an art class, we've got everything you need here at Art Prof, critiques, tutorials, and professional development. Jordan, what are you up to today on your Cintiq with Photoshop? Um, I'm drawing a bunch of random animals that, uh, that I've gotten reference for from our Flickr page. So right now, this is going to be uh, a goat. And then later on, I'll probably move to a, some sort of orangutan or lizard or something. I don't know. We'll just play that. <laughs> and Alex, what are you up to today? Actually, you could probably tell me more about it than I can. It's from some of the pictures yeah, yeah. you took on your Portugal trip. And actually, I, I haven't asked what this building is. It's like that classic tower castle structure. It is. It's from this estate. I'm totally going to mispronounce this. Quinta de Relajo. Anyway, it's funny because I looked at the photos online and it looked all creepy and everything was full of plants and moss. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to go there. But when I went there, it really felt like this weird amusement park. It <laughs> was not the gothic cathedral intensity it was really rather silly <laughs> i don't know how to describe <laughs> it almost like in person it just didn't have the kind of grandeur that photos can have or, or not grandeur intimidation well the thing is they are famous for this gigantic well that goes down multiple stories and you can see it on the Flickr page if you want to check it out and I saw that image. It must have been taken in the winter because it looked all moody and atmospheric. And I get there and it just felt so silly. I guess the difference is that it's not a church. It's actually somebody's home. At least it was at one point. Mm. I was going to say, yeah, probably not anymore. Or else they'd be like, why are you walking around my garden? Get out. <laughs> Oh, Jordan, is that the super cute orange billy coat that I took a photo of? <laughs> it must be, yeah. <laughs> he's got a nice long beard, and uh, he's, he's pretty cute. He's pretty cute. That billy goat was so cute. He was like a little <laughs> toy. The way he walked around, he just was like bouncing up and down. He was just so dorky to the point where... I really do think I want to go back and draw him. I don't do that that often. Sometimes I see stuff. I'm like, oh, that would be fun to draw. But this dude, I want to go back and draw him. He's just so cute. <laughs> yeah, he's got a lot of personality in his uh, look, physique. I don't even know what the right term is for, for it. For my dog, I call it their putum. The putum. I think it's a Yiddish word. Of like like their face and expression, yeah. Let's oh. put them. Rin Jeff tells us I'm doing some texture and doodles with my fountain pen today. Well, we would mm -hmm. love it for those of you who are here. Work on your own artwork with us in your studio and tell us what you're up to, because it's so fun to have draw alongs where we're all working on the same thing, but it's also just chill 
to hang out with each other and have these casual conversations and everybody's working on something different. Like Taru says, I'm working on the 2500 challenge. I drew my roommate's cat washing herself earlier today, so I can't draw cats, but trying is fun anyway. <laughs> Neil is asking, Alex, are you using watercolor? Ooh, no, I'm uh, I'm using gouache, but I'm using it very lightly. So yeah, it's I'd say for all intents and purposes, it's pretty much watercolor today. I've honestly, I've gotten to the point, and guys in the chat, let me know if anyone who's using gouache is like this, where I almost don't use watercolor at all. If I need it, I just use gouache with a lot of water. Does it feel the same? as watercolor or do you feel any difference it feels the same honestly it's just that it gets darker quicker um yeah and i like it honestly for these streams where it shows up on the camera better i mean if i was doing this in watercolor it would be so light and washed out i could see it well but i don't know if you guys could <laughs> seven angelic says i'm sketching some rabbits because i don't know what else to do they're my comfort zone <laughs> yeah. yeah dude Do you guys Marika, have a comfort zone thing to draw? Oh, continue. Mareka says, I'm oil painting a master copy of Italian Baroque. Very cool. And Anna can confirm, I don't know how to say this. Is it punim? Punim means face in Yiddish, usually refers to a cute or memorable face. That's so cool. Oh, yeah. Why don't we have a word for that in English? <laughs> That's why I just use it. Just put them. And then uh, tukus is backside. Both of which I use to describe animals a lot. We, we could just make one up. Apparently new words are added to the dictionary every year. So I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you just say it enough times. I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> we have a bunch of people in here who are working on a track. If you don't know about our tracks, they are a sequence of video lessons and prompts that you can do at your own pace. And they're a really good solution because a lot of people know they want to learn something. Let's say you want to learn landscapes, but you don't really know where to start. We tell you exactly where to start and you can do them in any order you want. You don't have to follow it, but I know for some people it's easier. So Ginger Cell says, I'm redoing thumbnails from week four of the landscape track. I had a better idea. And we also have Crispy who's working on the character design track, very close to being finished with lesson four. Ooh, that is really impressive. You are on the way because Jordan, you really helped me write the character track because I was like, uh, I'll do the formatting, but it was fun to put together that sequence. Yeah, I think the character design track um, is, is really, really fun. I mean, at least for me, it's the same process that I use whenever I'm creating a character, whether it's for my personal work or for a studio or something like that. And um, obviously I had to, we had to truncate a lot of things, but if you're talking about the basics, it's all in the track. We've got Karen who says she started on the collage from the color track. Oh, it's so fun Ooh, that's to see fun all project. of you using our content and honestly alex a lot of people in our community are doing more <laughs> than some people who i went to art school with oh dude yeah absolutely <laughs> oh. 
I like our community because it's a sense of, I don't know if this is just an age thing, maybe of when you're in college, it's, you kind of keep looking for that end goal, but in our community, it's really just people who want to learn. Um, and just kind of that progress is really cool. Sentient charcoal says I tried a few thumbnails to get back into the drawing track. The thumbnails have been unexpectedly difficult for me. So it's probably a good indicator. I can learn a lot from them. Thumbnails are so much harder than people think they are because you think in your head, Oh, it's a quick sketch. I'm just doing this before I do the piece, but Jordan thumbnailing, it really is a skill. Yeah, I think thumbnailing is is tricky because most people assume, I think most people assume it makes it, it's simple because it's such a small, quote unquote, insignificant drawing, but the most difficult part is stuff you can't see. It's all the thinking that goes into the thumbnail that makes it really challenging. And when you have to do a lot of those and really search deep for those ideas, that's where you're going to be challenged. And so, uh, yeah, don't, don't, uh, don't take that for granted. <laughs> well, especially with thumbnails, I find it so helpful to do multiple rounds. So I might start with thumbnails that are just line and then I'll do ones that have value and then I'll do even color studies. And so people don't realize oftentimes how time consuming they can be, but they help you down the line because Alex, it is not fun to move your tower to the right <laughs> once yeah. you've gone to this point. <laughs> Honestly, that's, I started my first personal painting in a while recently and I was so excited to get started that I skipped the thumbnail phase. I was like, oh, I'm just excited to paint. <laughs> and I had to start it over because I was like, I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> so yeah, you put that work in early so you can just enjoy yourself when you're working on the final. You know what I'm saying? Divine Frazier says, whenever my kids sit down for a minute, I'm going to do some two-minute gestures for the anatomy track. Well, Jordan, you and I are the resident anatomy nerds. <laughs> <laughs> and you've actually done a lot of looking at animal anatomy. That's mm -hmm. helped you a lot with drawing animals, right? Yeah, I think if you're going to be able to draw something well, you have to understand how things are built or constructed. Um, and think of it sort of like Legos, right? Like you don't, you just see a picture of a Lego house, you know that it has to be built up of all these little pieces. Um, and same with an animal or a human, you know, there's bones, muscles, tissues, um, you know, different gestures and expressions that make up that thing. So, um, yeah, all that's incredibly important. Well, I found an amazing book out of bottles and antique sale <laughs> yesterday. You wouldn't <laughs> think you would find books there. Actually, let me switch to a different screen. I'll show you all. Look at this. Mm, An atlas sweet. of animal anatomy for artists. Isn't this cool? I think I've seen this book before, actually. On, on online, maybe not in person. Like, look at the photos. They're oh, really, that's fantastic. really good. That's awesome. There's stuff like this. That's not really. Yeah, that's the type of stuff that everyone needs if they're trying to draw animals. Yeah, it's just like you said, Jordan, like you have to know how it works, not just um, 
what it looks like from the outside. Yeah. I think I saw a meme recently or something that hippos were like mostly muscle. It's like, wow. I really? <laughs> yeah. Like they're not so much chunky as they are just completely jacked. <laughs> I can believe that actually considering like how vicious they are. <laughs> yeah. They're actually terrifying. <laughs> they made more cute and more but, uh, yeah. <laughs> What's crazy about this book is not only do they have the whole body, but there's close-ups. See if I can show this of the anatomy of the hoofs. Mm, that's so cool. Isn't that crazy? Like you can see all the tendons and stuff. It's crazy detailed. I mean, I've looked up animal anatomy stuff in the past, and it's nowhere near as comprehensive as what's in this book. That's so sweet. Yeah, the I had no idea how hooves worked until there was a friend of mine who works as a he worked as a ranch hand in the past, and I went to go see them reshoeing and cleaning the hooves of horses, and it's like insane. It's worth Googling Whoa. if you guys are curious. Weird. Yeah. It's like trimming their toenails. Marion says, I'm joining you all creating indigenous fabric patterns with acrylic. Ooh, mm. I got really into patterns because of the tiles that I saw all over Portugal. It's this phenomenal, this huge universe of shapes and colors. I was just thrilled with that that's so sweet crosby m sorry the super chats aren't working that's strange but we so much appreciate the initiative to support us and by the way super chats and stickers you can only give them during a live stream which means bring them in <laughs> we could use the support everybody i am dreaming of the day that i could stop asking for support but YouTube has this new feature. It's called Super Thanks. And Super Thanks, you can leave it on any video at any time. It doesn't have to be a live stream. And that's super helpful because it's basically a tip jar. And all those little donations, they add up over time. You might think a dollar doesn't make a difference, but it does for us. Mm -hmm. Whoop. There we go. That's so cool that they added that because I know it's not easy for everyone to catch the streams as they're happening live. Sonnet says those colors Alex is using are just so soft, calming, and muted. Well, Alex, it's interesting because that's not the case in the reference photo. It's higher in contrast. So I'm mm -hmm. curious, are you going to work towards crisper contrast or do you want to keep it soft and muted i'm definitely building up towards crisper contrast um like if y'all at the very beginning i started with what was a very very dark blue but now as i'm adding more colors those shadows are less punchy um but yeah i think that i was so lately my colors have been very like punchy and loud so i'm kind of having a fun time making this kind of a cloudy gloomy day kind of piece Pat says, I'm inking a sketch I did of a haunted tunnel near my house. 
I love that you're doing that, Pat, because sometimes people think, oh, I got to go to Portugal to find anything worth painting. But that's not true. You can mm -hmm. find something very close to your house that you stumble by that could be a beautiful piece. So I'm so glad you brought that up, Pat. Joe L says, last night I drew the two minute gesture drawings. I was doing the guinea pigs. Yay. They remind <laughs> me a little of my dog's body. She's a corgi with very short legs with a <laughs> solid body. Well, Jordan, it's funny how there are a lot of things that cross over in animal anatomy. Yeah. I mean, there, there's so many similarities. You just have to know how to find them and look at them. Um, you know, it could be the structure of uh, the, the hooves or the uh, paws or something like that. It could be the way their arms are designed. But um, anytime you can find those little similarities, definitely use them to your advantage as you're drawing. Ooh, we have a bunch of super chats that just came in from Ethomorphous, from Sentient, and also from Divine Fraser, who says, I wish I could do more. I appreciate what you all do so much. Well, looks like we oh, owe you dude. a couple of animations now. Thank you, everybody, for your support. And remember, the vast majority of our budget, it comes from our audience. It's through the Patreon supporters. It's through these super chats. We need these donations to keep coming because if they don't keep coming, <laughs> I don't know what I'll do. <laughs> well, Jordan, here is a question from Ginger Cell that I think you could help with. I tried the guinea pigs once and it went bad. They are such blobs. <laughs> well, what do you do when the animals are not so specific in structure? Um, yeah, I think at that point, you just rely on the basic shapes that you do see um, because we all know guinea pigs do have a structure to them. They're not slugs. You know? um, and even then slugs, you could find a way to build them up from, uh, from with some sort of structure. Um, so I would recommend finding out what their anatomy is like, like in the book that Claire was showing. Um, you know, look at, you know, look at the fur as a type of, uh, a type of shape, a very specific shape that you can use and just build off of that. You look at what you can discover, what you can see, and then go from there. Candy Lisha says, have you heard what artist Slu is doing in NYC. He opened up a studio for students to draw models nude and in costume. It's currently private, but he's working on making it public. Oh, I That's went awesome. to live figure drawing for the first time in years last week. I mean, Alex, when's the last time you drew from a live model? Oh, maybe four years. It's been a long time. I was going to say, that's it <laughs> for me <laughs> many, many more years. <laughs> and it's funny that difference between I've sketched people like in the wild, like in doctor's waiting rooms and in coffee shops yeah. and stuff, but I haven't gone to like a figure drawing session in so long. Jordan, when's the last time you drew from a live model? Maybe like two months ago. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, I stopped by my old high school and they used to have figure drawn. Well, they still have figure drawn courses. And I just showed up on the day I remembered there being uh, sessions, and I had I hadn't seen my high school art teacher in like nine years or something like that, and I got to sit and draw. Uh, but before that, it was like two or three years because of the attack on the world. Right. Maja, thank you so much for the super chat. My apologies. I'm sure I pronounced your name wrong. So Sonnet is asking, does it cost money to go to a live figure drawing? Usually the places I've gone where it's open to the public and you can drop in when you want, they generally have some fee. When I went last week, it was $10. I think mm -hmm. that's totally worth it to go to a three-hour figure drawing session. If you take a class, it's different, but I like the open drawing stuff because nobody's bugging me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the last one I went to, granted two years ago, it was there was like a donation-based entrance with like suggested donation five dollars. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'd say within the five to fifteen range, I'd say that those are fair prices. We have Christiana who says, "Where can you go to find drawing sessions?" This is what I did. I just typed into Google Salt Lake City figure drawing and then it popped up. So Google can help. But another thing you can do is oftentimes it's nonprofit arts organizations who run mm -hmm. these figure drawing sessions. So if you just look up the local arts organizations, just look under their class listings or sometimes on their website, they have it listed. Usually there's something like that unless you live in Antarctica. And if not, it depends on how uh, industrious you are. Um, talking to like a local cafe or the kind of place that would have slam poetry nights. You're like, hey, what can I do to help you set up a live drawing night? Amaris says, I'm wondering about gouache. I'm into watercolors, but want to try gouache. Any suggestions? Because my friend got me a book on it. Mm. And I don't know how to say this. Hanfu outfit for my birthday last month. Yeah. Any pointers, Alex, for people who are just getting started with gouache? Mm, let's see. Um, I think I was reminded of this when I picked up some more tubes yesterday. And it's actually a big thing. Don't even waste your money on getting the student grade gouache. Cause yes, it's cheaper, but it acts completely different. The colors aren't as vibrant and you're just gonna end up spending more money because you'll need to get the professional grade stuff anyway. So I would start with a couple primary color tubes, series one of some professional grade gouache and play around with that. And then I'd also say, since you're using watercolor, start a piece with watercolor and then bring gouache into it. I think that's the best way so that you yourself can see the differences. We have some super chats coming in. We have one from Anna and we have another one from RB Dick. Keep those coming, everybody. Yeah, they thanks, really, guys. really do help us. Johnny is saying, 
just did my first gouache the other day. What paper should I use? Recommendation of brands. Well, I can tell mm. you, Johnny, I think for watercolor and gouache, that's not a place I would skimp on paper because there's a lot of art supplies. I mean, Jordan, you draw on Xerox paper, right? <laughs> yes, regular standard copy paper that you put in your printer. Yeah. <laughs> and I get more paper. For something like that, it's like, it doesn't matter. You don't need nice paper for the pencil sketches you do, but Alex, paper matters for gouache. Oh yeah. Um, I like it, the thicker, the better. I find that after 150 in the weight, it's um, it's just me being greedy. <laughs> I would go no, no lighter than 150. I just think the way I work that helps the paper have a lot of surface that I can mess around with. Um, hot press or cold press is up to you. I mean, I used to love cold press, but now I'm totally in the hot press train. And the difference is really that cold press is going to have a little bit more texture. Hot press is going to be smoother. So I would play around with both and see which one suits your fancy more and suits your style more. Alex, I tried to use hot press. What'd you <laughs> I think? Was in Portugal. Oh, I couldn't do it. Like, it's just not conducive to the way I work. Like, I need mm -hmm. the texture of the cold press. And so it goes to show one is not correct. It's yes. your taste. Like, if I was working on gouache, I would never use hot press because I've discarded that I don't. I mean, I knew I didn't like it, but now I've confirmed again. I still don't like it. <laughs> it's important to retry new things, and it's okay to not like them. Ethomorphous says, what I find hard in drawing people from life spontaneously, I don't know how to draw them without staring and creeping them out. <laughs> yeah, it, it is no a danger. It. You, you do have to <laughs> worry about that. But I do have a short that I posted recently about how to sketch people quickly and discreetly. You can look it up on our YouTube. And really, it's a matter of finding people who are like so engrossed in what they're doing that they're not looking up anyway. Like I drew this guy who was on a laptop. I mean, he didn't look up once. So you can do stuff <laughs> like that. You have to sit far enough away that they don't notice you. And then you really just can't stare at them because that's creepy. So yeah. you do have to take a couple breaks <laughs> in there. <laughs> it helps if they're sitting in front of a TV because then you can just pretend you're looking at the TV. <laughs> Have you guys seen the TikToker who like draws people on the subway and gives them the drawing afterwards? And they're always like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. Have you seen that? <laughs> I have not. <laughs> but I, have. I almost guarantee those are actors. <laughs> I have, Jordan, and there's no chance those drawings are done from life on the train. He totally stages that because if you look at the drawings, they're so photorealistic. Like you, you could never do that on site like that with a stranger. I don't buy it for a minute. <laughs> We're calling it busted. <laughs> busted. Yeah, no, if I ever gave somebody a drawing, a sketch and did of them, look, if someone gave me a drawing they did of me, I don't care how good it was. I'd be like, get away. Right now. <laughs> what do you want me to say? <laughs> That's weird. I don't know what I would do. I never thought about that. No one's ever done that. So. <laughs> I'm sure I, 
I don't think I would say go away like Alex, but I feel like I'd look at the drawing and be like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I would definitely take a longer walk home. Let's let's put it that way. You know, <laughs> I'd, I'd try to lose the tail. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sonnet, for your super chat, who says, just took a look at Alex's reference photo. By the way, Alex's reference photo, it is linked in the YouTube video description below. It's amazing to me how an artwork can just look so much better or inviting than real life. That is true. A lot of people make the assumption, oh, the photo must be better. But it's not a lot of the time. I mean, to me, Alex, yours has a softness and atmosphere that the paint, the photograph does not have. And that's just not possible with a photo. Oh, thanks. Yeah, and thanks on it. Yeah, it, it took a long time. And even now I have to keep it in the front of my mind not to quote unquote copy the photo, but to just use it as a guide. Do you guys have that thing where you have to remind yourself to do something different? What do you mean to do something different? Oh, like different from the reference photo you're working from, like to. Oh, huh? I'll be honest, sometimes I get lazy and it automatically becomes different. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to do it. <laughs> I guess I have to know what I'm after. For example, if I look at a reference photo and I say, oh, this part really excites me. I want to emphasize that. I want to de-emphasize this. Then inevitably it's going to come out different. I think it's when I don't think about that. And I'm just drawing mindlessly. I think that's when it's more likely to happen. And thank mm -hmm. you, Emmy Romano, for the super sticker. You're all wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. When we get these super chats, oh my gosh, it's a big deal for us. Yeah, honestly, and it's helping us to do more and more things like when Clara went to Portugal and was making these tutorials, like that was because of all you guys' help. So really, it's it means the world to us. It helps us keep going. So, Alex, we have a question from Art. Hello, do you have any advice on how to layer with gouache? I keep reactivating the gouache paint Ooh. when I do layering. P.S. Art Prof rocks. Thank you. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I think it's best to go thin to thick. And then if you, that's best in theory, but sometimes you're like, ooh, I have a thick layer and I still want to do layers on top of it. You just have to be very careful that the below layer is very dry and that you're honestly almost dry brushing on top of it. Because uh, if you have like a really wet brush and you start to layer, it's just going to seep under. So actually, that's kind of what I'm doing here. Um, in just one spot, I want to make sure I get the tone right. It's a very thick application on top of another thick application. It's just a little bit at a time. Jordan, the little dots on your snail are grossing me out. No. <laughs> Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> I got all these snail photos because 
it doesn't rain that much in Utah, but when it does, all the snails come out. I've never oh, seen yeah. anything like it. There was one night we were driving back and it was raining. And when I pulled into the driveway, my kid said, stop, stop. You're going to run over all the snails. <laughs> and so she got out and not exaggerating, I think picked 30 snails off of our driveway. So I wouldn't oh, squish dang. them. <laughs> That's really sweet. Lady Kimono says it's easier to make money on Twitch than on YouTube when streaming. Well, Lady Kimono, I think we need some tips from you <laughs> because <laughs> I have Twitch to stream simultaneously, but honestly, I have not had the headspace to look at Twitch and see how it works. It's just too many other things I'm trying to deal with. So if anybody has any tips for simple things I could do on Twitch, that would be so helpful. Sentient says, Jordan, did you just erase your beautiful snail? I think um I think there's some sort of a lag um oh. for seeing everything I'm drawing like in real time. But uh no, my snail is all intact. That's <laughs> oh yeah, this is just a lag. So this is my snail. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Divine Frazier says, I almost painted the reference Alex is doing, but the trees scared me off. Well, Alex, what do you do when you look at the photo and you go, oh, that looks really hard. I don't think I want to paint this anymore. What do you do? Do you just do it anyway? <laughs> or do you pick another reference photo? Well, I pretty much started ignoring the trees once I got the basic shape and value down. And I, I might go back to them and I might not. So <laughs> if you don't want to paint it, I think as long as you get the basic colors and tone down so it doesn't um, mess up the piece, it's great. Like you don't have to look at this and say, oh, I got to paint every single leaf on those trees. A couple spots here and there will do the trick. <laughs> I don't know how to say your name. I drew one of those volcanic snails once. They have shells made out of iron. Oh, they are That's good so camouflage. I didn't think there were that many, but you, if you bend down, I was like, oh my God, there's eight here and I didn't even see them. Wait, is it the shell literally made out of iron for those volcanic snails? I don't know. <laughs> okay, that would be sweet though. That's like a Pokemon. <laughs> Johnny, Schooly, thank you for the super chat. You're all amazing because boy, do I have stuff in store for all of you. We have a couple of Portugal videos that are coming that I shot on a DSLR camera. So the quality of the video is extremely high. I also have a couple of plein air videos from Utah that I did. Oh my God, like a year and a half ago. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> I've been sitting around for so long. It's terrible. 
Well, dude, that's half of the problem, isn't it? Because we can make things and we can do things, but it takes so long, longer than people think, to edit them and make them presentable. Mm-hmm. Editing, it takes forever. When I, whenever I'm doing a video for my channel, I it takes me like 30 minutes to record and then like five days to edit. It's just the ratio's <laughs> like there. The last video I did, I calculated that... A 12-minute video was worth, I think it was an hour of editing per minute. So I think the 12-minute video was 12 hours of editing. And so sometimes people watch the 10-minute video, and I know it looks like not much, but Jordan, I think you discovered this afterwards. You were like, oh, Clara, I feel your pain. (laughs) Yes, it's rough. It can be very rough. Yep. Especially if you're trying to add cool effects and all that. And finding the right shot sometimes. Well, what's hard for me is the setup because Jordan, you're just recording your face and then you have B roll of you drawing, right? Uh, sometimes. Uh, it, it just, yeah, I mean, that's most of it. But yeah, yeah. Well, but because I, the issue is that the DSLR camera videos that I edit, I have two cameras that I shoot with. I have one that is the close-up. I have one that's my face. I have to set up both cameras. I have to do the lighting, which sometimes takes a long time. And then when I edit, I have to sync those two clips and then, of course, figure out which shot I'm going to use throughout the video. And then there's all the bells and whistles. So it's just a crazy amount of work. And so it sort of kills me because a lot of people will leave comments saying, why don't you do more of the, I'm like, because I'm doing it all by myself and it takes forever. That's why I don't do them more often. <laughs> X die art says, Jordan, do you use reference photos for your drawing? I can't draw a thing without reference and I feel pretty bad about it. I, I always use reference for my drawing, and I don't know any professional artist who doesn't reference. Um, I think that you're feeling bad for absolutely no reason. <laughs> like it's not, it's not something that we do. It's not something that many people are seeing that. So don't worry about that. Um, use reference as much as you can, as much as you need to. Seriously. Mm-hmm. I mean. I can't draw a thing without reference. <laughs> so if that's a measure of how good of an artist you are, I'm a pretty crappy artist if we look at it that way. And Alex, I don't know why there's just so much emphasis on drawing from imagination. I great if you can do it, but so many artists use reference. Yeah, I think even the ones who are quote unquote imaginative still use reference. Um, I mean, they either use models and lighting situations and clay to approximate the light sources. That's a reference. If you're even doing fantasy of like a knight fighting a dragon, I can't think of a single fantasy artist working who doesn't have a catalog of armor that they've looked at for reference. So even if you're not using reference for that piece, you're relying on the research you've already done for it, which is still using reference. 
Seven Angelic says, I have to do a live demo next week. I'm kind of freaked out by it. Any tips for doing art in front of people? Well, Jordan, didn't you do something like that at your school? You were drawing and people were walking around. I can't remember, but I saw the photo. Yeah, I did. Um, it's for Game Design Conference or GDC. I did a drawing demo. And um, I, I also felt very nervous. <laughs> um, even with the experience I had with Art Prof and live streaming, um, I think for me, I just try to pretend like no one else was there, um, which is very difficult in a setting like that. But that was the way that I had to make it work because I would I was so nervous about people judging me or my art if I drew something poorly. Um, but you know, just just act like you're enjoying yourself, you know, or that you're just. Seven Angelic, I would also say people are not looking as carefully as you think they are. Usually at an event like that, people are looking at stuff. And you might find a few people who look carefully. But really, what's the worst thing that can happen? Are they going to come up to you and say, oh, that stinks. What are you doing here? They're not going to do that. They'll just walk and look. And some people mm -hmm. might make silly comments. Like I got a comment at figure drawing last week. Somebody said to me, it's so good. It looks like a photo. I was like, uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> <It's fine. laughs> Alan Mamba says, I'm starting digital painting, getting frustrated with my lack of accuracy. Wanted to know if Jordan, if you had any practice routines. Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I would start small and on and practice on things that were relatively insignificant, like practicing painting a texture or something that you weren't planning to really release or put out there. Because I think a lot of people feel nervous when they feel that pressure of you know trying to impress an audience. But if you remove that and just say, yeah, this is for practice, this is just for me, often you'll discover a lot of things for yourself. And it might even turn into something that's so good that you feel comfortable posting it. And that's happened to me several times. Jane says, how did artists get reference photos back before the internet was so readily available? They had to go pay mm. models. Well, think about Caravaggio. <laughs> they didn't have photography. They painted from life way more than people do today. And if you look at a lot of those older paintings, a lot of them are really not that realistic looking. A lot of them are quite exaggerated or artists taking a lot of liberties. And I think that's ultimately a good thing. I, I'm sorry to be an old fart, but I just think people are so quick to default to a photo as a reference. But I've done a lot of things where I'll actually sculpt a sculpture and use that as a reference. Jordan, you use action figures, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's a good idea as a reference, um, you know, find anything you can. Sometimes I don't even take a photo. If I need like a hand reference, I'll just make the shape with my hand. And Gala Wilkie says, oh my God, I am fangirling on you guys. Watching your channel has saved my sanity. During the pandemic, real people doing art live is powerful healing. Well, thank you so much, Thanks, Gala. And Alex, I feel like YouTube is full of heavily curated art videos, 
Why do you think it matters for us to paint live? I think it, one, it's good if anyone is working along with us, it can be fun to have that community element, even if, <laughs> like in this case, Jordan, I haven't looked at your thing because I'm painting my thing, <laughs> but it's still fun to paint together. Um, beyond that, I think that we're all, we're erasing, we're showing our mistakes, we're not filtering it through. And for me, when I was learning art, it felt really great to see other people doing that to see that it's not just a matter of putting it on perfectly the first time. Well, in a lot of those videos, first of all, they're heavily curated. People always take out all the mistakes when really the mistakes are what you learn from. That's why we intentionally keep the mistakes in our videos. And also, Jordan, there's just so many shorts now because they're hot, the one minute or less videos. But I do think it skews people's perception of how long it can take to do something. Yeah, it's it's sort of like the same effect that um, that social media has had on like I guess body and like people thinking that everyone has these perfectly ripped bodies all the time and that no one's photoshopping like, themselves or like puffing out their chest or whatever. It's the same kind of thing with art, where realistically we are gonna have these mistakes and um, you know need moments to erase or where we don't know what we're doing. And I think it's important for everyone to recognize that and just see. We hope all of you will join Jordan and I for a stage session in our Discord. We will be in the post live stream stage channel. That is where you will have an opportunity to speak to us on voice. And we love hearing your voices. It's just so wonderful to engage with all of you in that way. If you're not in the Discord, don't you want to hang out with the cool kids? I was never a cool kid in school. And I'm like, I'm a cool kid now because I'm in the art prof discord. <laughs> and a big thank you to our top Patreon supporters. We are so, so grateful that you are here for us and providing the budget we need to keep the content free and accessible. This week, our Patreon went up $6, which I'm happy mm -hmm. about because I'd so much rather go up than down. But... We need to still keep going because I still can't quite sleep at night. 6,000 is our goal. And remember, on Patreon, you get all kinds of perks, access to voice sessions with staff, access to channels in the Discord where staff will look at your work more often than in the public channels. You get newsletters, exclusive content. There's so much stuff you get when you become a Patreon supporter. So we hope that you will consider signing on to that community everybody thank you so much for watching we'll see you next time bye